There we go. One. And we've got two. There's two of us now. There we go. That's better. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's up, man? Pretty good. Having fun. I uh, um, <laughs> I just watched I just watched the video that the Inter Miami put on uh, on social media about the final of Nashville, and uh, I can't believe it, man. That game was <laughs> was was really really tough, and. Uh, I was feeling so proud that I was able to be there live and uh, and having that first trophy and um, you know it, it really bring me a lot of memories even even if it's only you know a week yeah two weeks it was, it was two weeks ago but it seems like a you know a long time ago and uh, and I'm so happy that I was able to be there. Well, we are happy that you're able to be here with us on Miami Total Football Radio. A.K.A. como decimos en español, Miami Total Football Radio. Fernando Fiore, el presidente, is in the house, ladies and gentlemen, making his first appearance. I, listen, it's been tough. I have to apologize to the regular viewers and listeners because it's been tough to get going with the usual co-host. Simon is out sick. Jose and Andrea are busy, busy, busy. So I was like, who else is around on a regular basis who can provide some color, some analysis, some opinions? I was like, who else but El Presidente Fernando Fiorisol. I extended the courtesy and the invite, and he accepted um, very pleasantly. So here we are. We had some technical difficulties, so thank you for sticking with us. Uh, Fernando, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm honored to be here with you guys, and uh, well, <laughs> especially with you today, since, uh, since uh, like you mentioned, it's been a, a difficult time for some of the members of the, of the group. But um, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, very important day also because uh, tomorrow we're going against uh, Nashville again. But more important than that, and there is something that I stretched today on the, on the press conference, is that uh, for the first time, we're going to be able to see all our fans at home getting the love back from the team and presenting the trophy tomorrow afternoon. So uh, for me, that I always uh, mention and I always make sure that everybody knows that I love to be a, you know, a member of the press and, and working on communication for the last 35 years, but I'm always feel like I'm part of the fans and I'm always feel like I'm the, the connection between what was my work or my job uh, on television, radio and social media and so on. And the true fan on the stand. So uh, I'm so glad that tomorrow it will be that day. Castes, this is the closest I get to Sofia Vergara. So there you go. <laughs> Fernando Fiore is the closest guy that we'll get to, uh, to her. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had the pleasure to uh, to travel with, with her <laughs> for over four years around the world. So now you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I have a soft spot for Colombians, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll there take that. Uh, Broward here says, what's up, Franco and Fernando? Gala also adds here, which I know you'll like. Word on the street is you beat Franco in the media game, Dali. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that, something like that. Something like that. Uh, for, for me, they, listen, listen, guys, let, let, let's, let's make this one straight. I'm always the oldest player in every soccer game that I go. So for me, it's like a, something I say to my friends every Saturday, al fútbol ganamos todos. Especially when you are 63 and you still play in the game, 
and he's still doing it decently good. So, you know, if I get out of the field with no injuries and uh, and happy to my perf- you know to be able to perform decently well because I don't want to make papelones, uh, but I, I, I hardly ever do. I hardly ever do. I mean, uh, I, I cannot be at this age the best the best player on the field, but I, but I never ashamed of what I'm doing on the field yet. So. I, I, you know, I'm so happy that I still can play every Saturday uh, with my friends, the, the the Super Golden, the Super Golden League, and uh, we are, you know, we are a, a great bunch of guys that we play every every Saturday at uh, Stadio Soccer, six v six, and then we have a wonderful Argentinos asados, asados argentinos que son una delicia. So, invita, invita, invita. What was some argentino asados? Just to eat. I just want to eat. I just want to eat, brother. I don't. I don't want to play. I'll referee. I'll referee. I'll pull a referee. We we have plenty of people that that plays and plenty of people that eat. Sometimes, sometimes we gotta we gotta difficult to control the crowd. <laughs> it's a, it's a great group. It's a great group of friends of mine for over twenty years. Uh, we started, you know, playing. Uh, you know, yeah, more than twenty years. I was playing with the Univision team back in the back in the nineties, and then um, I created the group, the 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 golden, the golden year soccer league. That uh, it was a bunch of guys that we started in two thousand and three. And then that was 11 v 11. And then after COVID, uh, we decided to go 6 v 6. Uh, it's, it's much better for us now. And, uh, and uh, we're having such a great time since, uh, since 2020. Tank 721 says, eh, tenemos la esposa de uno de nuestros amigos que juega al fútbol, que es una in, amazing, uh, amazing repostera. So she, she brings a lot of great, great cakes and, and alfajores argentinos. So uh, we have everything covered. Pretty much we have everything covered. And we have, uh, we have houses by, uh, by the beach. We have houses of uh, some of our friends with swimming pools and, and parrillas. And, and uh, we can't complain. We we are living we are living la vida loca in football. Well, you're going to help me cover the last couple of games as well as this week's midweek game, right? Because there's been a lot that's happened since we last recorded again because of the hectic schedules of the co-hosts, um, Simon's health, which we wish him a speedy recovery. He's he should be okay, um, but just a little under the weather. So, Fernando, let's start with the most recent game, right? The match against the New York Red Bulls, which Inter Miami won two to zero. It marked Lionel Messi's debut. Uh, in Major League Soccer, Major League soccer. right? Right. So, um, but he did so only thirty bench. minutes. Only thirty only minutes. Thirty minutes. Only but it was minutes. It, it was more than enough to make uh, yeah. to make the people and uh, understand uh, feel like uh, they get the man's worth. Uh, there was a lot of people, including uh, members of the media family, that they were very concerned uh, about. You know, <laughs> so many people buying tickets, very expensive tickets at uh, the New York Red Bulls, a wonderful stadium, which I have. I, I was uh I was you have history today. there, right? We both have history there. I was I was uh, very happy yet. Not only that, but uh, I was uh, I was the MC of the groundbreaking of the of that stadium. I still have the shovel somewhere somewhere here in my <laughs> in my apartment. The shovel that we That's get cool. that day. Uh, it was a, it was a very important moment. It was very close to my 
to my home, to my original home when I came from Argentina. I used to live in Hoboken, New Jersey. So uh, when uh, when it was the groundbreaking of that stadium, uh, you know, it was a moment for me that it was amazing because I I moved from Argentina to uh, to Hoboken in 1980, and then so many years later, I was the MC of the groundbreaking, and then with República Deportiva. We went there of the inauguration of the stadium also, and again with the new Red Bull. So a lot of good memories. Anyway, uh, people pay a lot of money. They have uh, their money. Their money's worth. Uh, obviously, it was a, it was a, a big pro Messi stadium because it's a lot mm. of Arge- a lot of Argentinians in uh, and South Americans in New Jersey and New York and all that area. So it was completely different atmosphere than it was uh, in Philadelphia, Nashville, in Philadelphia, yeah. Nashville, and Cincinnati. It was more like. The atmosphere uh, that it was in Dallas, yeah. uh, which I was in all that games except the one in New York. But uh, but I've you, been you've been there enough. You've been there enough. You've been there yeah. enough. But no, no, so Messi came in in the second half. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, I don't know if you share this opinion with me, Fernando. I know we, we talk football and we go to practices and uh, we're mm-hmm. off cameras. But to me, Inter Miami didn't play poorly, but they no. didn't play incredibly either. Right, the first half, the goal comes off of the second wave of uh, an attacking set piece. Right, they they had a, a free kick from the right um, or a corner kick from the right, and it gets cleared out, and they 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 circle it back around, and Noah Allen hits in across to Diego Gomez, who does a heck of a job on the half turn, and then scores his first uh, goal with Inter Miami to the bottom right corner. Um, but that's all they needed, and they were up one zero at halftime. Seeing Messi, seeing Busquets. I mean, to me, this is another example of. Inter Miami has now become a very difficult team to beat. Yeah. Because even, well, even if Messi's not in there, now they're now this team, this team with this group with Tata as the head coach, now they have a more clear identity uh, and they know what they want to do. And they're just not easy to beat anymore. Like they can have the breakdowns, but they're not easy to beat. Couple of things. Uh clean sheet. That's something that it was very important. It was a clean sheet, <laughs> even without Messi and Busquets. Uh and it was a clean sheet at the end of the game. Uh, the other thing is that uh, this is something that you know right before right before this new era with uh, with Tata Messi and and the whole new team, uh, we were a very poor team. Unfortunately, you know, it, yeah, let's face it, everybody wanted to play Inter Miami because we, we didn't ha- we didn't have an identity, we didn't have a style of play, we didn't have superstars. Uh, you know, although last year we have Higuain that it was, you know, uh, scoring a lot of goals and so on, but you know, it was a completely different team. So, uh, when we play anyone in the league before Messi, uh, it was a difficult game. Now, even though Messi and Busquets don't play the whole 90 minutes, we are a difficult team for everybody else. Uh, so that's the way it is. I mean, you can't compare. You can't compare everything. Everything is BM and AM before Messi <laughs> and after Messi. Period. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and that's and that's the way it is. You see more of Tadas influence this game. Yeah, obviously it's a completely different coach. I mean, uh, with all due respect to to Diego Alonso first, who he was trying to you know to make an identity of a of. of of a team that it was very difficult during the COVID year, and uh, and and you know I have to tell you the truth. I was I was sad to see him go. I think that he deserved another another chance, uh, another year in 2021. Then the arrival of uh, of Neville, Phil Neville, uh, 
a completely different style, completely different, you know, approach to the to the game. Uh, South American, Uruguayan, more more English style, right? Yeah, a much then, more English and style. And then the English style with Phil Neville, and you know, unfortunately for us, for everybody, and including Phil Neville, it didn't work. It didn't work. It did not work. But for Inter Miami, it worked in that first half. I would say they were probably slightly the better of the two teams from the run of play. Not a whole lot better, but they were better than the Red Bulls. And that's important because they were away from home in the first MLS game back. This was the last place team, right? Heading into the match day, this was the last place team in the Eastern Conference with the win, the 2-0 win. They moved up a spot to, to 14. So Diego Gomez scores in the, in the first half. That gives Inter Miami... The lead, they could have gone down. They could have gone down. Uh, I'm trying to remember who had the who had the chance. Um, Omir Fernandez, if I'm not mistaken, had a clear chance yeah, in yeah, front of very, the goal, and, and he pushes it wide. Yeah, he Omar, it wide. Omar, Omar, he got a very clear, very clear. And uh, although Calendar was there following the, the play, mm. and uh, it was a defender also right next to the post, that he couldn't stop. No, Allen, yeah. No, Allen was in the Yeah, mm. a potential kick. But still, nevertheless, it was a very clear chance for uh, for Omar to try to convert. But hey, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you score, sometimes you don't. Goal like it oasis, goal like it Most of the times you don't score, so you know it happened. <laughs> you know, and uh, and well, it was uh, it was in our favor. But like you said, I think that we play decently good. Uh, and and again, this is something that me as an Argentinian listen for so long you try to not be messy dependent all the time mm. and uh, and you know it happens to Argentina and and finally I think that by 2022 on the on the World Cup the national team got that sense that Messi is the most important part of the puzzle but uh but you still can play and you still can be competitive without him. Exactly. And, uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's the, that, that, this is the first test for Inter Miami. With uh, well, not the first one, the second one, but the first one since his debut. Yeah. Um, without him, right, and seeing how the team functions and can they perform and can they compete? And I thought they did a good job. I thought they did a good job of competing. Facundo Farias, yeah. who got the start in this Very one, um, you're not going to say he he you know he was filling Messi's role, but he he was the guy that came into the no. lineup. And, and I thought he did a very good job with what he showed at times. And this is only, you know, he's still integrating himself into the group. Um, with more games, sure. more minutes when he gets understanding with the teammates. But he did a good job. And I thought the team competed well. Uh, in the second half, Red Bulls Let me just say something that is, 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 between, is in the line between funny and, and dumb. <laughs> with with all due respect to the people who says the one the line that I'm gonna tell you now, but when everybody tells as an excuse, ah, oh, you win because you have Messi. Oh, Argentina gana porque porque Messi is Argentina. Okay, so what is the excuse? Yes, we win because we have the greatest player right now. It means that you know the team bought a greatest player and he plays in Inter Miami, so he's part of the team. So you can't say oh. Without Messi, you don't win. Or you win because he's Messi. Yeah, well, whatever is the reason, is because he plays there. If Messi would have, you know, have been uh, born in uh, in Brazil, it would have been in Brazil's favor. You know, Argentina wins because he had Messi. So that kind of excuse is, sounds kind of dumb. Oh, yeah, you win, but but if you don't have Messi, 
Yes, we have Messi. That's that's why. And we have Busquets, and like I said, and we have a better identity, and we have players that step up to the plate that in the past, you know, they didn't get to that level, but that's that's the way it is. Sorry. Now you no, can no, go ahead. Uh, no, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Please, please. Yeah. The more the merrier. Um uh, yeah. no, so in the second half, the Red Bull started to press a little bit more. They got a little more aggressive with their tactics and they started to Effect Inter Miami. They started to struggle a little bit. They were giving up some chances. Drake Callender had to make a massive save, uh, a kick save on Tom Barlow, if I'm not mistaken, to keep the game 1 0 in Inter Miami's favor at one point. But once Messi came in, once Busquets came in, DeAndre Yedlin came in, then the game kind of went back into Inter Miami's favor. They controlled the tempo a bit, didn't create a whole lot again from the run of play, but they got that control back and then they saw the game out. So, you know, if people are saying that Inter Miami wins because of Messi, well, this game, they didn't necessarily win because of Messi. They won because yeah. they were a team that outcompeted the New York Red Bulls, which uh, left something to be desired. I, th- I think the New York Red Bulls, I know they're not having a great season, but they, they, it's not the New York Red Bulls of old. It's not the New York Red Bulls that, you know, yes, they have their defined style, but they were a little more ruthless and relentless. This, this Red Bulls team looks like to be a couple of notches below that. Um, but nonetheless, Inter-Miami took care of business. Now, before they got to the finish line, Messi scores a hell of a goal, not because of the finish, but because of the pass that leads to the pass back to him. Um, you know, surrounded I will go, by five I will go defenders. further back. I will go further back. <laughs> Do you see that Jordi Alba's acrobatic oh, ball? So you have to go back, back, back because everything, everything was right in that particular play, and um, and probably. The the punchline <laughs> of this of this play, it's amazing because let's be honest, nine out of ten times the guy who receives a ball like that from Messi, and you know, very recently in the World Cup with Molina when he was that incredible pass against uh against the uh, uh, Netherlands, you expect that Tremaski will shoot and, and and try to score right there. I thought he was going to shoot. I thought he was shooting. Yeah, but I, did not, not, I didn't expect that. I did not expect that. Yeah, nine, nine out of ten people will think that. I, I thought also that he would shoot. The same thing that Molina did in that uh, World Cup game against uh, the Netherlands. But then it was a double surprise because Kremaschi, for whatever reason, get a great ball back and no one, no one followed Messi. Probably all the defenders thought that also Kremaschi mm-hmm. would shoot. And then they completely lost Messi and Messi just yeah. walking with the ball. So it was a it was an amazing goal. The, um, you've been you've been there this morning. Uh, Tata Martino says that that <laughs> he was watching that pass ten times. It, it's kind of a you know strange that, that a coach with so many years as a coach and as a player says that this is the first time that he was watching the he was watching that play uh, for so many times. Yeah, he went through four people. The pass was absolutely uh, you know. Brilliant. Um, the pass against uh, Netherlands went between the legs of one of the defenders, which it makes it a little more amazing. But uh, nevertheless, this was a fantastic goal. It was a fantastic goal. It's worth watching again and again. Um, I, yeah, like, like Tata said today, you know, he, he couldn't figure out how Messi picked out that pass because he had yeah. a sea of defenders around him. And I don't, Benjamin ben Kremaski didn't even spot the run. Like it wasn't like Benjamin Kremaski was making the run. Well, and then Messi played it. Messi played the pass, and then Ben Hamilton must have made the run because he's like, "Oh wait, I can get to this." And I mean, yeah. it was it was a thing of beauty. Um, you know, subtle. It's not like it's un golazo, but it's 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 an exquisite pass. 
Um, yeah, yeah. That, that Golas. If, if you've been fo- if you've been following the game for a long time, you 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 understand and appreciate. Um, Golas, 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 um, Golas. I'm gonna now, put a little bit higher so I can I can look at higher. There we go. Golas. Okay. Barrett Harris uh, says that goal was a perfect example of how incredible Messi's football IQ is. No one saw that pass except yeah. for him. Yep. Even yeah. even Tata, even Tata, right? Like you said, even Tata was like, you know, I don't know how he picked out that pass. And Tata even was like, when I played soccer professionally, I used to really like to give assists, and I have no idea how he spotted Benjamin um, Kremaski. Another sensational moment for him, and it capped uh, a, a well-earned two-to-zero victory that again gets Inter Miami out of the Eastern Conference basement. And maybe with some more momentum going towards this playoff push um, that they're hoping to accomplish here during these final few games of the season. Now, Fernando, who else impressed you, right? All right, we've talked about the Golazo. We've talked about Jordi Alba's assist. Um, you know, we talked about Diego Gomez, who got his first MLS goal. I mean, who who impressed you in this? Game? Who would you say, you know, stood out to you a little bit more? Calendar. Um, calendar. Calendar, <laughs> is, calendar, is doing, calendar is doing fantastic. Uh, uh, we knew. We knew um, from the very beginning of this year that he was uh, he was playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he went to the national team also. He was uh, he was called up in the national team, uh, but he's uh, he's getting better and better every time. And and for us that we've been there, you and me and many other of the guys that not many, a few of the guys that we've been <laughs> there on the training from uh, from quite some time. Uh, He's uh, he's getting better and better in every aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. He he practices a lot to play uh, out of the out of the goal during the mm-hmm. during the scrimmages. So he he gets the chance to uh, to get better and better with his feet. Uh, yeah. Also also he practices that a lot with uh, Saha, the goalkeeper um, trainer. That they practice a lot that one too. So he's he's getting better in every aspect of his game, and uh, you know under under the post he's absolutely brilliant, and I love also how he goes and cut all the crosses and everything. He's a he's a very 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 good goalkeeper. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, I would go with just you know some of the more unknown um, or less heralded players. I would say Thomas Aviles. I thought he had a, a pretty good game there at center back. Made a lot of. Uh, good interceptions, some good tackles, passed between the lines very well. Uh, Kamal Miller, you know, he led the back line, and I thought he was solid. You know, you, Noah Allen again got the assist, and he's dependable playing out of position because he's being asked to play as a center back. When I mean, so Tatura not para para de central. He's not he's not meant to play center back, but he's done it in a pinch um, on occasion this season, and he's done fairly well. Again, gets the assist on the game winner in this one. So um, there there were some solid performances. Diego Gomez. I know Tata said after the game he thought he had a good game. I would say it's been better than a lot of the games we've seen of Diego Gomez up until this point, but I wouldn't say it was a, a very good game from my point. Like I thought the first half for him was still a little rough. Um, you know, take that goal aside, but the rest of the, the first half was was pretty rough. The second half, I thought he did play a lot better. So overall, you know, passable, but uh, but still some work to some work to do there. Um, Facundo Farias again, we mentioned him earlier. Thought he had his moments. Uh, Campana wasn't Campana wasn't bad. He didn't have any dangerous opportunities in the final third, but his ability to to play with his back to goal and pass things off and fight and scrap up top, I thought I thought that was a that was a good. I mean, I don't think anyone really had a bad bad game in this one um, or Inter Miami. So um, if if we move on, because well, before we move on from this game, before we because you touched on something right, and that was the crowd and the atmosphere, and it was very very pro 
Lionel Messi. We can talk about why or what went into that. You know, we again, we both have ties to the Red Bulls. I covered them for a long time when I first uh, moved out of South Florida and then spread my wings and grew up a little bit as a human and as a reporter. Um, but let's listen to this from Kamal Miller first post game about the atmosphere and the environment, and then we'll we'll dive into it a little bit. more. This is Kamal Miller after the game. From my perspective, all the places and cities we've been so far, this has been the city that has appreciated his presence the most. The amount of people outside the hotel and our arrival to the stadium, there was probably thousands out there waiting for him. So pretty amazing. And yeah, when he got in the game, uh, the reception was, was great and he deserves it. So we're, we're all happy to be able to witness it so close and be his teammates. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Why Why was this one so so pro-messy as compared to maybe Nashville, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia? Are you, we well, talked about this a little bit earlier, but why do you think, you know, give us yeah, some of the reasons. I mentioned I mentioned before, uh, there's a lot of Argentinians and South Americans. I live there in that area. Uh, and there's a lot of, lot of Argent, <laughs> Argentinians and, uh, and in New York and... Uh, they were probably coming in hordes from Queens, <laughs> bringing bringing up all their families and with all the jerseys and uh, and uh, let's be honest, it's a reality. Uh, New York Red Bulls do not have a very strong and with all due respect, I know they are fans mm. and they are you know they, they are fans that they've been there from day one since mm. Metro Stars. I follow the team. And, and I was very close to the team for many years. When the fusion fell down, uh, they 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 bought me up with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, swag from the New York Red Bulls. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember. I don't. You probably don't remember, but I remember when I moved there in 2012. Yeah, I moved to New Jersey in 2012. I lived in Fairlawn, New Jersey, for two years, a little suburb next to Patterson, and then two years I spent in uh, in West New York, New Jersey, which. For you Floridians that, that might not be what, familiar. That's what I live. That's what yeah. I live also in West New York for many. West years. New York is a city in or a town, sorry, in New Jersey, and it's across the river from Manhattan, which is why it's called West New York. But that's where I spent two years uh, of my life covering this team closely. And look, I agree with you fully. There is a very hardcore section of Red Bull fans that have been there from the beginning, and that you know have been with the team and stick with the team. Through yeah, but let's be, let's be honest. There, but there overall, is, there's not there, a whole lot. Not, yeah, that is not. Is that is not the same atmosphere that you can find on the uh, on las barras las barras mm. the nashville or the lafc or the inter miami or philadelphia the red bull fans it's a pocket but mm. unfortunately they don't fill up the stadium very often mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of reasons a lot of excuses they are not in new york they are in new jersey although they have a they have a train that it puts you right there on the stadium which it shouldn't be but it takes forever but it yeah. takes forever. Uh, well, but I wish we could have a team in, in Miami, you know, earlier. Uh, and, and I will go the same of way course. that I'm going that I'm going all the way to Fort Lauderdale and um, when I when I was a fan also. But uh, but the thing is that there is a lot of excuses. Uh the team is one of the original teams with the Metro Stars slash Red Bull. They never won a championship, they were very close. Uh they lost to Columbus. I was there in LA and that on that year. Uh, so unfortunately they have great players during the, during the whole 20 something years, but, uh, 
somehow they never got to the point of being, you know, a team that the people from New York embrace, you mm. know, and uh, and unfortunately it shows, you know, that uh, mm. it happens. And I, and, and I remember also that I was there. Also, it happened pretty much in every in every stadium. But I remember vividly it happened also in uh, in New York very much when David Beckham went to play there. It was a lot of uh, people pro Beckham. A lot of hoopla, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember. And, um, and so uh, I, I love I love the, the hardcore fans of the New York Red Bulls, the guy with the Bulls and everything that he goes there mm-hmm. and he's, play, he's been there every single game. But, uh, but you see, it was a lot of, it was a lot of people cheering for Messi. And, and I'm talking about Kamal Miller. He was, and unfortunately, Kamal, you were wrong. You said that the first, you said that the first uh, team that uh, that he was against Messi was in uh, in Nashville, and it was not true. The first, the first uh, was in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, they didn't treat, they didn't treat as well. They, 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 they got obscenities when they mentioned our starting eleven. They, they were, they were open mouth and and and. And, and bad mouthing Messi and the team the whole 90 minutes. So, uh, and and they also they were very cocky in the beginning, thinking that hey, this is our fortress. We never lose here in Philadelphia. So, Kamal Miller probably was uh, concentrated on the game, but I was on the stands. And 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 before Nashville, Philadelphia fans, they were nasty. And this and I think this is perfect. That's the way it should be. You know, you are from Philadelphia. You love your team, or you are from Nashville, or from Cincy. Messi is a great player. You love to see him on TV with the national team or with Barcelona in the past, whatever. But if a place against your team, man, hey, make them feel, <laughs> make them feel that he's not welcome. Well, Steve, well, Steve uh, Munoz has a good point here. Steve Munoz said to you down below, Red Bulls have less fans than Miami FC. Now, I think that's obviously being uh, tongue-in-cheek and, and over-exaggerating yeah, it, of course. Yeah, but but look, I mean, the, 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 listen, the, listen the, the reality is, and I've covered this team up close, the, the team has been deteriorating in terms of the, its yeah. footprint in the New York and New Jersey market. One, because New York City FC came to town. So that took away a good portion Champ, of things. Champions, champions. That became champions. Even though they play in a baseball field, they, they're <laughs> getting the Bronx. They are right there. You know, they people much more, Much more accessible. They've won. Yeah. Um, that's not to say they don't have their own issues. But anyway, this is what some of the reasons why the Red Bulls have struggled. I mean, the Red Bulls are also owned by Red Bull Global, right? It's a, they're just one team in a bigger portfolio of teams. And because of that, you know, well, resources... New York City FC too. New York City FC also got the same situation, but they, but the, they had, but the they had a better luck. They away. had a better luck. They had a better luck and they, and they were champions. Uh, Red Bull couldn't be champion, like I said, in, in 2000 and uh, when they played the Columbus Crew. Uh, they also have good teams with Thierry Henry and, and, and yeah. with York IF. And, and and they have a lot of good players. Tim Cahill, Rafa Marquez. See, but sometimes, yeah, Rafa Marquez didn't play well at all during the well. in your in your Red But Bulls. they invested money. They used to yeah. invest money. It now they don't invest work. money. It now they don't invest money. It but didn't work. They got away from they got away from what was the bread and butter initially, which was yeah. star players. Be, they, like the Red Bulls and the Galaxy were the two it teams, right? Like what Inter Miami yeah. is today, that's what the New York Red Bulls and LA Galaxy were a long time ago. And, Red Bulls didn't keep that up. They try to go for a different type of style and way of building a team. And that initially led to some competitive um, results and seasons. They won some supporter shields, the first piece of hardware in the franchise's history. Yes, yes. But, but, not enough. 
Not enough. But there wasn't enough. It's not enough in MLS where you need that star power. You need to have a difference maker on the field. It's not enough and, just to have a collective. And where your name and where your name says New York. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Again, again, with all due respect, when your name on the team says New York or LA, <laughs> then the people expect more because there are there are cities, towns, or whatever you want to call them, you know, in the in the jargon of sports. You know, or bo like Boston, like you know, those cities that you know they have tradition and they want winners. That's it. Period. I think I think the international factor also comes into play, right? New York is a more international market than you would say Nashville or you would say even Philly. Yeah. Like so, since there's more international seasoning, you're going to get a lot of Latin American fans that are going to go root for Messi. Like that's just it's just it's just normal. It's natural, right? Like. In Nashville, I mean, I don't know the demographics, but I mean, from my just walking around, I didn't see as many Latinos in Nashville. And I don't know if you saw as many Latinos in Cincinnati yeah. as you yeah. would in New York or in New Jersey. Um, or so in, Chicago. That, in Chicago. Yeah. So I think that's another another part of it. But anyway, we'll move on from, from the New York Red Bulls. We'll go to the game that happened now almost a week ago now. And we have to talk about it because we didn't get to touch on it yet here on Miami Total Football Radio, which was the – draw against FC Cincinnati. It was a three to three draw that went to penalty kicks and inter Miami did it again. They survived their third penalty kick shootout in, I don't know, the last three, four weeks, which is, I mean, I didn't think they had it in them, man. I didn't think they had it. And I was like, all right, they've won two, you know, it, at some point you're going to lose one. And yet they stayed perfect from the spot. If I'm not mistaken, this is going off the top of my head. They've taken 21 penalty kicks in these three shootouts. They've only missed one. And that was Victor Ulloa. Against uh, and, and it was the fifth. It was the, the fifth, fifth penalty. One. But other than that, they've been perfect, which is like that's incredible, man. I know penalty kicks are high percentage, but the score twenty of twenty one um, is commendable. It's commendable. It's, it's a big reason why they've had as much success as they've had. As, as much as Messi's been a part of it, as much as Busquets and everything else you want to talk about, the fact that they've been so composed when the pressure <laughs> is at the highest. I mean, I don't know if I mean I don't know if you can say that's a Messi effect because everyone has to lift their game because you know they're on like. I don't know what, what the psychology is behind it, but it's it's remarkable that they only missed one out of 20, 21 takes so far. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive. You know that uh, it's uh, it's very interesting what you just mentioned because, um, uh, again, uh, I understand there is a lot of haters. I understand <laughs> there is a lot of, yeah, there is a lot of excuses that they put on. And I'm going to mention a couple of those, again, that I say excuses slash I don't, yeah, uh, bad, <laughs> bad takes, uh, bad takes. But uh, it, it's interesting what you mentioned because um, in those in those series of penalties, even even that Messi makes magic, even the Busquets great great game, Jordi Alba and the whole team and calendar. But if any of the players of the team don't score all those penalties, nothing will happen. So even though that we thank Messi for being on the team and make magic in every single game. We have to give credit to the rest of the team, especially in that situation you mentioned, because we can easily miss a couple of penalties out of, you know, 11 guys shooting, including our goalkeeper, you know, and, and, and then that's it. Everything is gone, you know, and, and no one will remember or, or everybody will try to forget about what Messi did. And he says, hey, but you lost. You know, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't yeah, enough, right? That's it wasn't I mean. enough. So that was one. And the other thing that I mentioned that I, that I, that I, it was kind of dumb from the very beginning is because 
actually, in the very beginning, it was okay to say that, hey, Inter Miami plays home every game. Hey, we played <laughs> four games in, four games out, completely even. We played four games at home, four games out, and we still won the League's Cup, and we still make it to the final of the U.S. Open Cup. So those kind of excuses, they get lame, you know, at one point. Yeah, because we play in the beginning of the League's Cup. It was that, you know, the first two games were home because, we, you know, we were playing Cruz Azul and Atlanta. And then, oh, you play again in Orlando, you play home again. But then then, the, then it even up playing, you know, away, especially the final, and especially the semifinal with Cincinnati, which was very difficult too. And we still, you know, came victorious. So there are so many excuses that they are getting old now and they didn't, you know, they didn't age well. Uh, I mean, but if, I, listen, but I, I get it from a, from a neutral perspective. Like if you're not an Inter Miami fan and, and you're not necessarily a Messi fan, like I can see why you would like why Inter Miami could be the team to hate, right? Like when the Miami had LeBron, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, they were the team that if you weren't a Miami Heat fan, you hated the Miami Heat because they were that superstar team. They got a lot of attention that everybody would talk about every single day. So, like, I understand it from other people's um, perspectives. I understand why they look for reasons to nitpick. And But, I mean, like you just said, when they haven't lost a single game yet, and this goes back to the Cincinnati game, I mean, they were down 2-0 to zero in this game, Fernando. It didn't look good. It looked like this was yeah. going to be the first time they lost. It looked yeah. like they were not going to make it to the Open Cup final. And then Messi and Campana – come up with two big moments, um, especially one deep in the second half stoppage time to force extra time. And that's what I'm saying. I think this Inter-Miami team is going to be very tough to beat. When if And when they lose their first game with this group, it's either going to be because they're so depleted from the international call-ups or because the other team just played a perfect game. Like, I don't see any team beating this Miami team unless that team has a perfect game. If Again, if Messi's there, if Busquets is there, if you have your your usual suspects. I think this Inter-Miami team has gone from being, like you said earlier, the team that everybody wanted to play to the team that is going to be very hard to beat. Very hard to beat. Because even uh, when they play bad, even when they play bad, all it takes is one or two moments, and they, and they still it. find a way to get the result. Which, listen, that, from, from the outside, Fernando, you know, we've, we've been through some dark times covering the team. Yeah. I mean... It's it's nice to have this change of pace, right? It's of nice course. to the environment around practice and the training facility is much more pleasant. Everyone's much more smiley. We're not asking uh, as many difficult questions now because again, the overall vibe and story and narrative is positive. Um, everything's changed with this team. It's remarkable. Um, you know, I've had people message me uh, and they've been like, "Have you ever covered a team that has had it? You know, the, the flip switched that quickly?" And it, I don't think so, man. I don't. They've gone from. Down here to yes, it's only up here now, but it feels like they're much much higher with everything they've accomplished over the past. More power, years. more power to the ownership. Uh, it, you know, like I said, it was a difficult beginning uh, with COVID. It was everything was really difficult, especially for us as a new as a new franchise. Um, yes, we all know that mm, it wasn't perfect uh, our 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 first years, but hey more power to the organization to make the changes, to bring a new uh, sports director, to bring uh, a new coach, to say, hey, everybody makes mistakes, but uh, more power to the to the ownership to say, you know what? We have to get in a different direction. We had to go in the direction of having the best player in the world. I, I love it, man. I love it. And, uh, and I understand, like you said, 
of all the other people that they hate us, I, I think is perfectly fine. Uh, listen, I'm, you know, I'm a River Plate fan and you know that I hate the other team. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's nothing wrong. I mean, it's the it's, other it's, team, it's, the team who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't need, to, I don't need to mention them. Uh, Voldemort we're, style. We, we're, we are rivals. We are rivals, no enemies. Uh, um, can I ask you for a favor? Can you sure. just talk for two minutes so I run to my refrigerator and get a Coca-Cola? Of course, of course, of course. Out. I actually had a question for you, but we'll hold it until you come back. I have a question. I'm okay. going to put you on the spotlight, but I'll wait till you come back. Um, look, we'll go back talking to about that game, or I'll go back talking about the FC Cincinnati game, because, look, that game was the first match that they played. The I would call it a 5-3-2. Five, uh, five, uh, if you want to call it a 3-5-2, you can. I would call it a 5-3-2. And they played very poor. You know, I thought I thought Tata Martino um, got it wrong in that in that sense because he took them away from being the possession-based team um, that they are. And yes, Cara is having a ball that Fernando went to go get a, a Coca-Cola. Um, but look, I, I thought Inter Miami played a poor game in that one, and yet again they still were able to salvage it late, four sector time. They took the lead in extra time. They couldn't sustain that. They gave up an equalizer, but. They go to penalty kicks, and once again, they prevail on penalty kicks. Straight calendar makes uh, a save on Nick Hagland on, in the fifth round, if my memory serves me correct. And then Benjamin Kremaski, who got an assist in that game, scores the decisive penalty kick. Um, and Miami advanced to the Open Cup final, which will be played. Circle your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. The Open Cup final will be September 27th. Yeah, at Drafting Stadium. At Drafting, we thought it was going to be at Hard Rock. You know, uh, Jorge Mas had told us in an interview um, about a month or so ago that if they made the final, that there was a chance that it could be at Hard Rock. But apparently, that is not to be. It's going to be at Drafting Stadium. Tickets have already gone on sale, and uh, they're not cheap. But it's a chance to watch Inter Miami lift another piece of hardware at home. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting night in September on September 27th. So, um, Fernando, you got a yellow card, huh? Tank seven two one says yellow card for Fiore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, actually. Simon Evans says cola breaks are allowed. No one told you. Me. Asked, Simon, you asked for it. You asked for it. You there it is. There it is. Simon Evans says cola breaks are allowed. No one told me. Simon, we wish you a speedy recovery and hope you're back to full health soon, so we can get you back on the podcast, uh, my friend. Yeah, but now, Fernando. Look at my, look at my, uh, check this out. <laughs> he's all into Miami out over there. He's all into Miami out. He's got the mug. He's got the jersey, the whole thing. It, it's like, it's as if you sometimes do radio for the team. It's as if. Uh, Fernando, I will, ha I do have a question for you. I'm going to put you in the spotlight here. This is for you. All right. In that game against FC Cincinnati, Leonardo Campana got the start up top. He scored both goals in regulation to help force extra time. And this was after his very badness in the League's Cup final. This is literally days later. He responds with two big goals to help force extra time. And the penalty. And the penalty kick he, convert, um, he converted in, uh, in the League's Cup final. But, oh, but, Fernando, Talking point for weeks, not only here, but just on social media, anybody who covers the team. You know, you've seen the debate. You've seen the conversation. Who should be starting up top for Inter Miami? 
Campana. Ya me lo respondiste. I didn't even get, didn't even get the multiple choice selections no, out there. You, uh, already, you already gave it. <laughs> Why? No, Why Campana? Why do you say Campana? No, 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 no. Because it was a joke. It was, a, it was a good. It was good to uh, to have you before you give me the the, uh, the multiple choice. No, Campana, Joseph, or you got somebody else? No, those are the two. Those are the two starting striker options. Who? But who? Who would you start if you were coaching? Who would you start and why? Uh, yeah, you really put me in the spot. Uh, <laughs> I, I I probably would say. Campana, because um, sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes the goleadores they are not they are not in a good moment, and it happens to Joseph lately. Uh, we were expecting maybe too much from him because his past with Atlanta United, he was a he was a scoring machine. It was not the case with Inter Miami. It was not. Uh, so. Campana got a problem with injuries in previous uh, in previous years, and uh, and every time he was coming back, he was doing a good job, and and then another injury or something will happen, and and so when um, when Javi Morales did we lose Fernando? Is he still there? It froze on my end. I don't know what you guys are seeing here. Let me know because it's frozen on my end. It's frozen. I don't know what happened here. Oh, Fernando froze. He's reloading. Let's see if he gets back in. Yeah, I'm. Uh, wait, wait. I'm. I'm around. I'm around. We just <laughs> lost connect. Uh, here we go. We jo Joseph like Martinez. Joseph Martinez. Martinez just cut off your yeah, wifi. It was, you know? it was <laughs> Joseph Martinez. No, it was Joseph Martinez. So, uh, to be to be honest, there were there were quite a few games that Joseph didn't perform, you know, to the standards that we were waiting for him. Um, even Messi tried to help him, giving the ball for the penalty kicks for him to score and get his, uh, his, you know, his his ego going back to where it belonged. Um, I will say at this moment, I will go with Campana, even though he missed that goal that, you know, it reminds me of uh, Iwain in in 2015 on the on the Copa America, but uh, he rebounded pretty well. Right after missing that goal, and and then he went and scored twice. And yes, I know that the Messi's passes were perfect. Messi is a genius and all that. But you have to be there to connect because it doesn't matter if you make the perfect pass, the perfect arch uh, over the top defender and getting there. But if if your number nine is not there to score and change the 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 direction of the ball and and make the two two in the very last second of the game against Cincinnati, then the perfect pass means nothing so i give it you know yes all the credit to messi for the grace the great cross but all the credit to campana to be at the right time at the right place and connect so very composed very composed as well right because some people in that in the heat of the moment might, might try to overdo it or, or mishit it he just calmly coolly 
headed it to yeah. the back, uh, to the back and, of the and, net. Yeah, and and, and, and make it make it change the direction and and go against the the goalkeeper's uh uh you know step. So I, I will play Campana uh, as a now, you know as a Joseph Joseph did score in extra time of that game, right? Benham and Kremaski feeds him a through ball. He was yes, yes yes so he he scored he scored. Uh, it's like they're both starting to pick up their level, and they're both starting to push each other a little bit more from where yeah, it was. A which few is, weeks which ago. is fine, also. Which is great. You know? Which is great for Inter Miami. Yeah, and actually, and actually, if you think about it, you need two strikers, you know, that that they are reliable, and 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 sometimes one of the two will gonna have a, a better performance over a couple of games, and both of them would like to be the starters. And, uh, and 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 that, and that's the way it is. You you never you never should have only one number nine in your team. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, at this moment, I would put Campana. Maybe you know, if Martinez start to score like crazy, I would say, hey, okay, let, let's let's try with Joseph. But that, I think they're both they are both uh, good enough. It's close, right? It's, it's close. It's not like one is miles better than the other one right now. That's, right? that's it's, exactly it's close. It. It's close. That's it. That's um, it. But although the people, the consensus, at least here in the comment section, is Campana. Broward, uh, well, Philip G says Campana is better. Broward Heron says Campana all the way with three Ecuador flag emojis. I mean, Carlos C here, Campana gives us more options on set pieces and is a better defender as well. I agree that I think Campana is the better at this point in their All careers, the, the more well-rounded striker. I agree with that. But I've also made the case that I understand why Tata goes to Joseph. I, I understand the reasons why or why I think he's doing it. Joseph Martinez gives you a little bit more in El Colectivo, right? In, in, the, in the collective run of play, he can give you a little bit more because he, he plays the ball quickly. He gets you those one-touch passes, which, you know, sometimes you want to see the striker take a player on, but if Tata Martino wants them to be, you know, tiki-taka, for, for lack of a better phrase here, then Joseph Martinez is more of that player who's going to quickly pass the ball and move, pass the ball and move. You see him when, when he's playing alongside Messi, right? He, he normally passes it back to him and then starts making his movements forward. So if that's what Tata wants out of the striker, and doesn't want necessarily someone that's going to hold it up and slow things down, then I then I understand why he's going with Joseph, although I agree with you and I agree with a lot of the, the viewers and the listeners here that I would go with Campana, me personally. Yeah, all the other things we've talked about. And, 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 and don't forget, uh, Tata Martino knew Campana from a brilliant season when he was, like I said, uh, you know, a scoring machine. And, Joseph and, Martinez, and, you said Campana, Joseph Martinez. Uh, Tata to Joseph Martinez, yes. He knew he knew Joseph from Atlanta, so you want it or not, you will give the chance to a player that you know for so long and that it, and that it scores so much for your team and they give you so much, uh, you know, energy at one point in your career, and and that's it. And you give them the chance, and and then if it doesn't work, then then you start to making changes, and then that's what uh, that's what Tata Martino is doing. I I think is a. I think it's good. the the only thing that I don't like is when you start to put them one game each, you know, and and, and try to say oh two get because then you know they lose the concentration. You know, you have to be one that is there, and then the other one is waiting for their opportunity. That's it. And uh, and uh, and, so, and sometimes remember in the beginning when Tata came in, sometimes maybe you can put them together. That's the other option. 
Tata lo dijo hace poco. Tata said, um, and this is the bilingual show, so Fernando, feel free to speak in Spanish as well. Um, no, but Tata did say recently in a press conference that it's unlikely, barring you know yeah. a late game circumstance, that you're going to see them play together up top. Like unless they're looking for a goal and trying to to get back into a game or win a game late, that you're not going to see. It them. might happen. It might it happen. Could they, it could they happen. Did, they did play together. They did play together at one point, and it wasn't that bad neither. It's not like uh, the very famous Crespo Batistuta thing with Argentina. Ooh. I'm always coming back to the examples that I have right there. That's a great yeah. one, though. That's a great one. They, I mean, they didn't play yeah. together because they thought, you know, Bielsa didn't think that they could play together. And maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. I mean, it depends on your opinion. Um, but they didn't play together all that much. So uh, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what we'll see what Tata does this this week. Let's switch gears now to the midweek match, right? Which is Inter Miami versus Nashville SC at DraftKings Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Inter Miami hosts the fellow Eastern Conference team, who they just played in the League Cup final just two weeks ago. So less at stake here, but Inter Miami still trying to push into the into the playoff picture. So they need the three points. Uh, now, Nashville SC came off the biggest loss in franchise history, if I'm not mistaken, losing 4-0 to Atlanta United this past weekend. So they'll have something to prove. I mean, Fernando, we expect the same game, right? Overall, the same game plan. Nashville's going to try to be tough to break down. They're going to try to, um, you know, uh, hinder and harass Messi and Busquets and not let them play. But from Inter Miami's standpoint, yes, they're going to be possession-based. But do they go with the 4-3-3 that they've been playing or do they go with this 5-3-2 that we've seen in the last two matches? What do you think? Uh, actually, I like both systems. And I think that, uh, you know, like you said, exactly the same the same situation with Joseph Martinez and Campana that is not one much better than the other one or the other one is much worse than that. I don't think that at this moment, you know, it will be like a, Okay, if we play four in the back, it's perfect. But if we play five in the back, it's really bad. I, I think we can go either way, and I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I will have to get more chances to Aviles to see how he, can he perform. Very young kid. I have very good, very good reports and scouts from my friends from Racing Club in Argentina. <laughs> They told me that he, the, the kid, you know, it, it's really good and, and he can develop into a very, very good defender. But uh, uh, I will I will try to get Aviles more time. And I think that, that in that particular mood, they will have to play with uh, three center backs and, and, and two more, you know, on, you know, on the wings. So I will play with five in the back or whatever you want to put it, three when you defend and five when you attack. But... Uh, I don't. I don't think that I like that much. Miller and Christoph as the last two center backs in in the in the four back line. You know, uh, I I think that yes, there are games that they play well. I remember Christoph putting a great ball in the attack to. I think it was Joseph Martinez in one of the goals. Yes, Philadelphia. Yeah. I think that Miller can play really well. And, you know, it, the, the game against Dallas to run back and be able to catch up Ferreira, even though Miller looks like a, uh, you know, like a linebacker and he can <laughs> go all the way back and run in and, and catch Ferreira. But I, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like in a back four, Miller and Christoph will be able to uh, be together for much longer. 
uh, I, I don't see that one. I so I listen. I think this is my opinion. I think that it's going to be Kristoff and Miller the rest of the way this year. And I get the argument that they're maybe a little too similar. Now Miller's a much more athletic, but they're not necessarily center backs that complement each other. You know, one's a, a physical specimen and the other one's a reader of the game. They're they're kind of similar. They have similar similar strengths, although different skill sets. Um, I think it's them too the rest of the way. I think Aviles will Aviles will get his playing time. He'll get his minutes here and there. Um, but I think there's going to be the two veterans. I think they should go 4-3-3. I think they will go 4-3-3 um, on Wednesday night. Listen, I, the, the two games. Um, I like the fourth. Listen, I like the 4-3-3, but I don't like Miller and Christoph together. <laughs> That's my point. Well, Christoph uh, is definitely slow. And when you play a 4-3-3 and you have a high line, he's not going to make up a whole lot of ground when the ball gets in behind him, which I, yeah. I, I get that. I get that 100%. I think Christoph, after this season, you know, it's a very good chance he loses his starting place in the line. Absolutely. After this season, once you have a little bit more time to work with the young guys. Uh, for Wednesday, I think it's 4-3-3. You know, I would like Aviles in a 4-3-3 and, uh, and, and see how he develops. Because, uh, like I said, we, we don't see – enough of him so we we don't know uh but in my humble opinion we already saw enough of crystal and miller together and somehow i would like to have a different partner for either one gusechi is with you for yeah, and miller. And miller. uh gusechi this is exactly what i'm saying i would like to see probably aviles and miller and give them the chance to be those two, the center backs. And I think um, I, th I think the veterans are going to go. I think, and I think I would go with the veterans myself. Just again, you you want to go with tried and trusted. I think again, you got to go four three three. When Inter Miami has gotten away from being the, the possession based team a little bit against Dallas, they got a little bit away from that. Um, and then against uh, against cincinnati when they changed the formation for the first time i thought they got a little bit away from that they've struggled from you know the the run-up play i think you go back to the four three three Messi and busquets are expected to start again and get back into the lineup i have questions about jordi alba because he's been starting a whole lot um i know he had a, a good game last game but maybe you put noah allen back out there on the left back spot instead of at center back um you got to keep the rotation going a little bit but i, I think it'll be a four three three i think it's going to be mostly the usual Uh, starting lineup that we've seen for much of the League Cup. El equipo que sale de memoria, right? I think Benjamin Cremasi comes back into into the mix. El so equipo we'll que see. sale de memoria, el equipo que sale de memoria worked really well for the first seven games of the that's League why, Cup. That's why I don't think it changes. I don't think I don't think I don't think you know they, they, everyone's gotten some rest now. Everyone, a lot of the players have gotten some rest now, or at least a little bit of rest. I think Tata will go back, especially with the international break coming and it's a home game. I think they go back to that to that four three three. Fernando, one player who will not be in uniform on Wednesday night is Gregory, who apparently had a setback in his recovery from his injury. Now, we talked about this today, post-practice. Let's listen to what Tata said in Spanish. I'll do my best to translate or to paraphrase what he said afterwards. But this is what Tata said when I asked him about what's the latest with Gregory, who had been doing some individual uh running drills with a physio trainer or a, a trainer out on the field, but then over the last couple of weeks just wasn't around anymore. He kind of disappeared. So this is what Tata said about Gregory. Tata, no puedes actualizar sobre la situación de Gregory. Hace unas semanas lo vimos aquí haciendo trabajos individuos, pero en las últimas semanas no lo hemos visto aquí haciendo trabajos. Eh, le tuvieron que sacar el, 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 el tornillo. Este, 
y ahora tiene eh, algunos días más para recuperarse de esa pequeña cirugía. Después ya empieza a trabajar con cierta normalidad. Bueno, si no hay ningún contratiempo, esperamos que octubre pueda ser una buena fecha para que eh, pueda empezar a trabajar con nosotros. Buenos días. Octubre. Octubre means that he's missing, uh, he's missing this year. Period. <laughs> he said, hopefully, right? He said, oh, you know, si no hay contratiempos, which if there's no more setbacks, no more issues, hopefully in uh, in October, uh, Gregor will be ready. So it sounded like he had a setback. They had to take the screw um, out of his, his foot area, I think is what, you know, where the surgery was, if I'm not mistaken. So um, if he's not going to be training with the team until October, it, you know, like you said, even if they make the playoffs, it's tough to see him regain his starting spot at that point. Um, on a consistent basis because I mean you're going to integrate someone who hasn't been playing who's out of form um, look there's no denying what Gregory can bring on a defensive side but I just I think it's tough to see him um, get a whole lot of playing time the rest of the way given this this latest bit of news but um, unfortunate for him um, Gene Mota will also not be in uniform on, on Wednesday from what sources told me um, he was not at training on Tuesday with the rest of the team and he did not dress this past weekend This all this after starting last Wednesday against FC Cincinnati, he had a very poor game. Clearly, was the faltaba football. He was out of out of rhythm. Um, he hadn't played in, in months because of his injury. So, yeah. um, not not sure if he's suffered another injury or what's going on. But he he, from what I've heard, is not going to be available on Wednesday night. Um, before we begin to wrap up here, Fernando, there's one more, couple more talking points. A couple more. One is the stadium, which we'll get to in a second. There's this one on. Something Tata said today, which I thought was very interesting, and it, it kind of flew under the radar in terms of like the, the media availability in the moment. But then once it got to social media, it made a lot of noise um, because it shed some light into MLS scheduling and what may happen in 2024 and beyond. This is what Tata Martino said about the scheduling for next year and potentially not playing through international windows. Tengo entendido que para, la, para el siguiente año lo, lo están analizando. Es probable que eso suceda. ¿Qué esperas del, del, del miércoles? Del partido del, ¿Cómo? ¿Qué esperas del partido del miércoles? Sí, eso es algo que tiene que tener en consideración porque cada vez más la Liga, la Major League Soccer, es proud that so many players going to so many <laughs> national teams, which is a great thing for the league to have players going to every single country around the world, in Conmebol, in CONCACAF, in UEFA, in Africa, in everywhere. But at the same, with the same token, because of that, then if you don't stop in the FIFA windows, it means that a lot of teams suffer a lot especially the ones that are successful like us now. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a big part of why this may be under consideration. I mean, Tato says he's under the, the or he's he has the understanding that they're analyzing that, and it's likely that they won't play to the international win the next year. That raises a lot of questions with the schedule because they still have Leagues Cup, there's Copa America next year. I mean, the schedule is going to be very congested. Um, yes. So we'll see, how, we'll see how it all works out, but... Um, you know, if, if that does happen, I think it's a step in the right direction because you can't have, like we're about to see potentially, you know, next week, 
Inter Miami missing half a team and having to figure out how to how to piece together a match day roster um, just because there's so many players gone on the international break. And and the more international uh, MLS gets, the more things like this are going to happen. It hurts your product. I mean, who wants to go pay tickets to go see a, a, a with all due respect a, a second team? Um, when the star players are missing, the international players are missing, it's clear drop-off in, in quality. Um, so I think that is the right step. Hopefully MLS does the right thing and, and makes that move. Well, uh, if you ask me, then uh, maybe what we have to start to get into consideration is to have an, a schedule that is more aligned with the rest of the world <laughs> than, than, the, than the schedule that we recently have with the MLS, that we have it pretty much from the beginning of the league. I mean... Uh, you know, when you think I about it, I find that hard though. I find that hard with the weather and everything. I just, I think that's going to be too difficult. I think that's yeah, one step yeah. too many right at this point. One step too many. Let's 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 start with not playing through international windows and then figure out if they want to, if they want to, yeah, if they want yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It, it, it's it's so much. There are so many tournaments and there's so many games and and uh, and, and and new things like the league's cup and a whole month stopping both leagues. That's something that. You know that is unheard of, <laughs> pretty much in the rest of the world. That you stop, you know, the league in the middle of the league for one full month to do an international uh, mm. tournament with your neighbor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it's something that unprecedented. Yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah. It's a it's a great it's a great economical you know tournament, and 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 everybody makes you know. Tons of progress in their, in their, in their, in their cash, but uh, you know it's something completely different than the rest of the world. I don't say that you don't, you know, you don't have to follow the world in everything, but you know, like you said, it's going to be difficult. How are we going to play the League's Cup next year with uh, Copa America <laughs> being in the in the home mind? I have no idea. When no are they going to put it? Good question. So, I mean, there's been talk about maybe MLS teams leaving the U.S. Open Cup, which I think would be a mistake, but that's possibly uh, one one tweak that could be made in 2024. We'll see what happens, but that dropped a little bit of a bomb there in terms of the schedule. All right, Fernando, it's getting late, so we'll do one last topic here. Okay. Um, let, let, uh, just... let, me, let me get a picture before we go. Okay, of course, of course. Is <laughs> that sonrisa? <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday, Smile. <laughs> um, Kyla says it's about time MLS does that, especially so the cash count is not missed games. I mean, that's another reason, right? You don't want Messi being off on international duty with Argentina and missing MLS games where you, you know, you miss out on revenue at the stadiums, you miss out on, on viewership on, on Apple TV, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you want him to be around for as many games as possible. So this is one way to fix that. Um, all right. So the last talking point is the news that came out on Monday which is that Inter-Miami has started construction on Miami Freedom Park, which is set to open in 2025. Now, we don't know what that start of construction entailed. Was it just putting a shovel, like you said, you have back there into the ground and taking out a little bit of dirt and saying that that's what the construction began? I mean, there was no images, there were no details, but officially Inter-Miami is saying that they have started construction, which is at least something of an update. People have been clamoring and asking for some information there, so... Um, there's going to be an official groundbreaking at some point later this year, apparently. So um, good news all around for Inter Miami these days, huh? Yes. And I'm happy about it because uh, for so long, we, like I said, we started with the wrong food with COVID and, and pretty much, unfortunately for us as Inter Miami, 
it was a lot of bad news uh, when we started this franchise. Uh, postponement of, uh, of our brand new stadium inauguration that March 14, 2020, uh, you know, training uh, during COVID, you know, with the team doing, you know, separate things and uh, everybody was uh, doing the, their training by themselves, all the players and, and not contact with the, with the teammates. Uh, you know, through the whole season with so many difficult things and injuries and, and new players and new everything. So there was a lot of things that we suffered through the first three seasons, uh, three and a half. <laughs> so finally, the wheel turns around and, and now we are having a, the, greatest, the greatest time with a lot of good news. And uh, and I, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, I think uh, we deserve it. I think that, uh, you know, more power to the to the ownership for correcting the things that they were not they were not right. Uh, more power to the true fans, la familia that they were there through bad times and 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 bad weather and bad everything, and and uh, and and thank God, thank God that we are all around and now. Southern Legion and by City and Nación Rosa y Negro, the Siege, Los Mesías 305. Everybody's happy. Uh, we have our first trophy, our first silverware, which is a uh, unbelievable good. And uh, you know everything is everything is good. So now we have also it was a long time to developing that idea and project of Freedom Park. Now everything is going the right way. <laughs> Matias Torres says it's an hour and forty-five minute ride for me, but I'll still show up to every match, though. Um, yeah, and then you, got, it, and then, uh, then you yeah. got a couple of boo Messias three hundred five from Cada and Broward Heron says, please don't mention the Messias. A lot of people listen, listen, guys, listen, guys, <laughs> listen, guys. I know that many people listen. I've been with this team and I've been with a uh, with a supporters group from day minus one hundred. Uh, you know, I was there with the Southern Legion friends when there was no team, no colors, no nothing. That we got together, twenty of us to watch the MLS Cup in the bar. So I know, I know what it is to be on the fans. The Messi, I mentioned the Messias, and and don't tell me what I can mention and what I cannot mention. <laughs> it's because they're guys that yes, they follow Messi. Hey, let him be. Not, nothing wrong with that. Uh, and, and that's it. So. Let's let's have peace and, and, and be happy and, and enjoy the good moment. El Presidente is also the peacemaker. All right. All of right. course, of course, man. <laughs> I, I have, you know, I, 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 I want to be everybody happy. And it's, and it's very difficult to get that to get that. Oh, stage. It's impossible to make everybody happy. It's, it's pretty much impossible. So now that we have now we're riding in the, the good wave. Let's let's enjoy, okay? Let's 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 don't let's don't let's don't look for 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 mistakes and and wars and 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 problems. Let's have a good time. Fernando, I'm smiling heavy because I think you've been mostly very positive, which is you know welcome because a lot of the viewers and listeners criticize our esteemed colleagues Jose Armando and Andrea Yanis because they they are critical. Um, so some people view them as negative, which you know that's fine. It's their opinion. Um. So you, you're the opposite here, but now with this this last little uh, opinion here, you're gonna definitely rub some people uh, the wrong way. But hey, it's isn't. It's part of football is passion. It's about opinions. It's about our you know not everybody sees the game exactly the same and sees things so perfectly fine. That's what the whole 
part of this show is about. That's why we, you know, talk with everyone here in the comment section. We want all the opinions. Nothing um, soccer related gets censored here. Uh, Fernando, I'm going to ask for two things before we wrap up this show. I'm going to ask you for a prediction for Wednesday. Inter Miami versus Nashville C. Give me a prediction. No prediction. No, because I didn't. I didn't give any prediction in the previous <laughs> nine games since uh, since we started the League Cup. So what I'm gonna change my tradition now? Let it be, man. Let it be. Let's go. Enjoy it, and hopefully we will become on top. Okay. All right. Well, then I, I have to ask for the second one, though. You have to do this one for me. It's Miami Total Football Radio, but I named it in a bilingual way so that it could also be said in Spanish. So a very common thing for this show as you probably heard early on, is me saying Miami Total Football Radio, rolling the R's and everything. Fernando, you are a fluid Spanish speaker. This is easy as cake for you, but we want to hear your version of Miami Total Football Radio for the people. One time. El Presidente, take the floor. <laughs> Esto es Miami Total Football Radio. Hey, muy bien, Fernando. Muy bien, muy bien. Thank you, Fernando. That was uh, spectacular, spectacular. Some people try really hard and can't get it, but um, that came off uh, effortlessly, effortlessly. I see a lot of uh, results, predictions here, um, but we'll wrap up because it's late, and I know you need to get some rest and some beauty sleep before tomorrow's game. Fernando, thank you so very much for joining us. You are welcome to come back wow. at any point. I think your, your overall positivity would probably help balance the scale a little bit with uh, Jose and Andrea's. Uh, criticism. I'm critical too. I'm I'm very critical, especially when the team's not doing well. Um, but even when they start doing well, you know, I'll I'll sing a different tune. Jose and Andrea tend to, especially Andrea, tend to stick uh, on the critical side all the same. Which hey, listen, that's fine. No problem with it. But um, yeah, anytime you want to come back on, brother, you're you're free to do so. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm I'm so glad you can uh, you can hear us on our radio, which is a. Uh... The, the broadcasting uh, is in English, but uh, I, obviously because I'm, I'm part of the team again, uh, like I was in the first two seasons, uh, I would will, I will roll the R's and I will uh, uh, bring some Spanish also to the broadcasting and uh, with my wonderful uh, partners, uh, Thomas Rongen, pretty much in every single game. And then the play-by-play, -play, we, we've been uh, in a rotation with Chris Whittingham and uh, and, uh, and Phil Sean and also with Malfa, which is uh, going to be tomorrow in our game uh, with Joe Malfa. So uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful feeling to be back on on on, on that broadcast team that uh, gave me so many great memories the first two seasons and uh, and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm really happy to be back and so you can see me. Right, they are doing the field reporting from the northwest corner. I will be there tomorrow, the pregame, and during the match, halftime, postgame, and 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 we go from there. So thank you very much, Franco. Uh, say say hello to Pichicho. I say hello to <laughs> People don't know that story. People don't know. So Fernando Fiore and I are not just colleagues. Um, we also have like ties through family friends. So it's uh. The Pichicho is my stepfather, um, who has ties again to Fernando's wife. Um, so there we go. We have we have some history, Fernando. And I actually bent his arm and twisted his arm to come on the show this week. I said, if you don't come on, I'm going to file a complaint to the family, and then we're going to have uh, submissions, <laughs> Fernandito. No, but no, Fernando. In all seriousness, thank you again for coming on. I'll see you tomorrow at the stadium. Thank you to thank all you. the viewers and listeners for 
taking part today. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us, especially through the technical difficulties early on. I plan, I plan, I promise to be back later this week after this midweek match before the weekend game against LAFC. Got to figure out who in the bunch comes on, but we'll figure all that out. So for now, thank you guys for listening. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Gracias al presidente Fernando Fiore. We will talk to you guys later in the week.